0: NPR.
1: This is the indicator from Planet Money. I'm Darren Woods.
2: I'm Waylon Wong, and this is indicators of the week.
1: It's a scary edition. Friday the thirteenth. We're joined by Planet Money's very own Nick Fountain. Welcome. Boo.
2: Nick, we invited you onto our show and you give us a jump scare.
1: So rude. It's an October, Friday the 13th, and our indicators of the week, you know, full disclosure, they're not spooky. They're just normal, but on a spooky day and month.
2: So today we're talking about those pesky hidden fees and what to do about them, the struggling German economy, and why the Powerball lottery keeps getting so big.
3: And ghosts.
2: Who are you going to call? The Indicator.
1: All that after this
3: break
0: Ranked number one in entrepreneurship by U.S. News and World Report. Apply now at babson.edu slash gradprograms. This message comes from NPR sponsor, Yahoo Finance. Think you've done it all when it comes to your financial future? Take those investments to the next level with Yahoo Finance. Whether you're a seasoned investor or are looking for that extra guidance, Yahoo Finance gives you all the tools and data you need in one place. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit the brand behind every great investor. YahooFinance.com, the number one financial destination.
2: Non-spooky indicators of the week. You are up first, Darian.
1: All right. So I'm going to start by bringing hope for a better world. It's
2: a big promise. Big promise.
1: Yeah, huge promise. I have a personal (laughs) indicator. You may relate. I'm going to read you out my full price list of a recent Airbnb booking that I was looking at. Okay. So, two nights, $200 for those two nights. Okay. Cleaning fee, $75. Uh,
2: Of course.
1: Airbnb service fee, $38.82. Taxes, $13.75. Right. So, all of those extra fees started to appear. Only after I was going deeper and deeper into making the actual booking. And they didn't all appear at once. It was kind of like sequential. Uh, And it ended up 64% more than the initial price. And that's my indicator for this week, 64% in hidden fees.
2: Yes, that is such a headache. I've experienced this too, although I haven't taken the time to actually calculate it. And I feel like you also see this on, you know, booking.com, hotel websites. You can't get away from all these fees.
1: Yeah, I'm sure we've all seen it in concert tickets. You can also see it at car dealers, internet service companies. There are all these kind of vaguely worded add-on prices that are not optional. And by the way, there is this official word for them, junk fees. Is that what Airbnb calls them? (laughs)
2: Yeah, Yeah. junk fees,
1: $55. That would be more honest, yes, but no. (laughs) So the Federal Trade Commission this week proposed a new rule to ban junk fees. So the companies would have to show all the mandatory costs in the price right from the start. It's... Because that bait-and-switch makes it harder to compare prices. It lets companies get away with charging more than they might otherwise when you're comparing. And in general, this kind of situation leaves everybody worse off. Except, of course, for the companies. They're better off. Right. But, you know, overall, obscured prices are bad for markets. They're bad for society. You know, this is a classic economic case for regulation to come in. By the way, I've got some details here. The FTC wants to ban two subcategories of junk fees, right? So we've got hidden fees, so those 64% of extra Airbnb fees that I had to pay, but I only found out about later. And it also wants to ban what it calls bogus fees.
2: Is that the official word? Bogus fees.
1: (laughs) That is... Literally what it says on the press release, bogus fees, (laughs) described as when it's not clear what the fee is actually for. And the FTC wants to allow consumers to seek refunds and seek money from companies who don't comply.
2: All right. So what now?
1: People have two months to comment on this. And look, this is regulation, so there would be costs to businesses. You'd have more lawyer time. You'd have maybe one-off staff time, updating pricing and so on. You know, for the accommodation sector, the FTC calculated that this rule might cost companies anywhere between a few hundred dollars to about a thousand dollars each year to comply. But it also reckons that the savings to the consumer are worth it.
3: All right. So from bogus fees to Sie Deutsch Berlin,
2: Waylon, Our international correspondent, Nick Fountain, with the transition. (laughs) Yes, my indicator is 0.4%. That is how much the German government now expects its economy to shrink this year.
3: Ouch. You never want that GDP number to be negative.
2: No, you do not. And the German economy minister, Robert Habeck, shared an updated forecast this week that is bleaker than their earlier estimates. But the reason I chose this as my indicator is because of something else he said about the German economy. He said the country's most pressing structural problem is a shortage of skilled workers. You know, they have good paying jobs and not enough people to do them. And he is floating a solution, kind of an an easy solution for some people. He says Germany needs more immigrants to fill these jobs.
3: I feel like there must be a a long German word for most pressing structural problem.
2: And I think other countries could probably adopt that word, too, because lots of economies are in a similar position as Germany. They have an aging population and a shrinking workforce. In Germany's case, the government identified hundreds of categories of jobs that are short workers. So that's everyone from metal workers to nurses and pharmacists.
1: Okay, so it sounds like jobs that require a bit bit of extra education and training before you can start them.
2: Yeah. And the German economy minister is saying immigrants could fill those gaps. And to that end, the country has a new immigration reform law that will take effect later this year and into next year. The new legislation is supposed to make it easier for certain kinds of workers to come to Germany. So that's folks with college degrees or vocational training and what are called bottleneck professions like IT and healthcare.
3: Wonder what it's like to live in a country that manages to actually pass immigration reform must be must be something else.
2: Well, I will say that immigration is still a very polarizing political issue in Germany, even though they managed to pass this legislation. The country's far-right party, which has an anti-immigrant stance, is ascendant in the polls. And the economy minister, even as he was calling for refugees to be integrated into the workforce, said there needs to be better control over who comes into the country.
1: Okay. Well, thank you for that international update, Waylon. Next, we have Nick Fountain. Tell us what you have. Right. So
3: my indicator of the week, can you guess when I tell you the number? It's $1.76 billion.
2: Oh, I know this one, sadly. What is it? Well, it's the jackpot for this week's Powerball, which I did not win.
3: My apologies. Me too. But what interests me about this is that, have you noticed this? There just seem to be more and more of these huge jackpots for the Powerball lately. I was really curious about this. Why are there more and more bigger and bigger jackpots? What if I told you that the organization that runs Powerball, it's called the Multi State Lottery Association, they changed the odds not too long ago so that it's a lot less likely for you to win the big prize?
2: Oh, bummer. But maybe not too surprising. <laughs>
3: <laughs> um, well, well, I should clarify that they made it harder to win the the big jackpot, the okay. $1.76 billion jackpot, at least this week. But easier to win, you know, the smaller prizes, the 4 or $7 here or there. Those little dopamine hits to keep you coming back. The reason they did this, right, is that the way Powerball works is by rolling over. So every time no one wins the jackpot, a bunch of that money gets rolled into the next drawing's jackpot. And the bigger that gets, the more, as you said, Waylon, the more news articles mm. there are about it, the more tickets you and I buy and so on and so forth.
2: So there's worse odds. I hear about it more. and more likely to buy a lotto ticket to something I am less likely to win the big prize in.
3: Exactly. It's
2: kind of depressing.
3: So that's, that's reason, one, that there are more and more huge jackpots lately. That's the sort of like microeconomics, behavioral economics explanation. You ready for the second explanation? Yes. High interest rates. So for those not well acquainted with casual gambling, let me explain. That $1.76 billion jackpot that was advertised this week, that was not the lump sum payment. If the winner or winners just want a lump sum payment, they're only going to get like $775 million before taxes. But And here's where interest rates come in. If they opt for the annuity, what they're doing is they're letting the lottery invest that $775 million into government bonds or whatever. Letting that money grow and taking the payments over 30 years. So when interest rates are high, like now, that big payment compounds to be much, much bigger. So that is the second reason why these jackpots are so massive these days. Macroeconomics. All right. Oh, I'm scared, guys. I don't know about you, too. Oh, right. Friday the 13th. I never believed in that Friday the 13th thing anyways. Fair enough. This spooky episode of The Indicator was produced by Cooper Katz McKim with engineering from Sina Lafredo. It was fact-checked by Sierra Juarez. Today's show was edited by Alex Goldmark. The Indicator is a production of NPR.